It's just after 6 o'clock in the big city. It's time for America's favorite Las Vegas sports show, Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson. <laughs> yeah, what up? Party's going on. Duh. Going to a party! Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson is brought to you by Hannah Shea Boyle and Rappaputi. Trial lawyers that get results. Steiner's Pub, a true Nevada-style pub. Preventative Diagnostic Center. Rob Ritchie, Farmers Insurance. So get ready, because Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson starts now. Now. Ah, uh, KT on a Friday football fiasco. That's right. I know we're running out of football, but we've got a couple championship games coming up on Sunday, FCS style, FBS style on Monday. Looking forward to both of those as we round out the college football season. And then, of course, NFL playoff time right around the corner. So the last week of regular season games to tomorrow and the rest of the games on Sunday, you know there's going to be some surprises. We don't know what they are, but we're going to get into them big time. Hour number one. Yeah, my good pal, Coach Stigelmeyer. That's right, a little South Dakota State style coming up at about 6.40 Pacific time. And uh, Coach will break down the game coming up on Sunday, FCS Championship from Frisco, Texas, Montana, Bobby Houck, and the Grizz taking on the defending champion. That's right, the Jacks, the Jackrabbits of South Dakota State. Get into that game. Still sitting consistently at minus 13.5 last I saw. Now, I have not checked in the last few hours, so I'll see if that line has indeed moved. Meanwhile, FPS Championship coming up on Monday. Looking forward to that. But Coach Stig's going to break down this championship game, FCS style. And, of course, he won the national title last year as head coach for South Dakota State and then stepped away a few weeks later after uh, the missus told him, enough is enough. You're in your 60s. Walk away on top. Don't pull a Michael Jordan. Don't change your number. Don't try and come back. Just hand the baton down. So far, so good. Coach Rogers has held that baton high. They have yet to lose. Can they keep it going? We will find out because that's a pretty good Montana Grizzly team from Missoula, and that'll be Sunday's game. So we'll talk to Coach Stig. Hour number two, yes, my good buddy Hondo Carpenter, one of the best in the business, long time covering Big Ten action. So we're going to get his take on that championship game. He knows Michigan big time. And, of course, transitioning out to the West Coast, living uh, here in the Vegas Valley and covering our beloved Raiders. He follows the Raiders, but he follows all the football. So he is going to break down that championship game for Monday, and then he's going to get into that Raiders finale against Denver coming up on Sunday. We'll look into the scenario with Champ Kelly and Antonio Pierce. Will they be back as general manager and head coach? We'll get the skinny there from Hondo or what he thinks will go down with owner Mark Davis. And our Las Vegas Raiders, the Raiders, baby. I'm telling you, it's going to be a uh, interesting offseason, to say the least, for a lot of teams. But there are some big games still to go. Like I said, tomorrow, a couple that really have, you know, implications as far as playoffs. And uh, we'll see if those Pittsburgh Steelers, who are favored in Baltimore, if Mason Rudolph can keep it going. He has been solid. That'll be the early game. And then a big winner-take-all, basically. Well, at least for the Colts. If they win, we know they're in. If the Texans win... Still need a little help, but that'll be a great game from Indy as well. And then Sunday, plenty of games that have playoff implications. And again, you know, the last weekend, bizarre stuff happens. It doesn't matter if a team has a record that's 10 times better than the team they're playing. Things are going to get freaky. You know they are. And, uh, you know, hopefully uh, they don't have implications like uh, the freaky things that Giannis has been going through. We heard Mark Hoke 
elaborate on that last night. But we're going to get into the Friday football fiasco. It is Ken Thompson. You can follow the show at Ken Thompson 87 at SportsX Radio, both of those on X, again, formerly known as Twitter. And then you can also follow my producer, Mark Hoke, at Mark Hoke Show. Mark's show, of course, Sunday mornings, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m., the best in professional wrestling. He'll be back at it this Sunday. Looking forward to that. And then, of course, we've got uh, another way that you can listen to both Mark's show and my show, and that's on the worldwide free Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Download it if you have not. It's got a great rewind feature, so you miss any part of the show, you can go back after the show is completed and listen to the show in its entirety. It is a big-time Friday football fiasco from PSBR Law Studios here in Las Vegas, Panache Boyle Ravaputi, best in personal injury in Southern California for a long, long time. Year number five here in the Vegas Valley, over $5 billion in verdicts and settlements the last five years now for their clients between SoCal and Clark County. Strength by your side, the relentless pursuit of justice. Got the 702 down for the Vegas Valley, 830 830-9353. 830-9353. 830-9353. That is your number. Let's get rolling on a Friday football fiasco. Now, the starting five, number one. And I'm not going to go right to sports, although this guy was probably a pretty good athlete back in the day. But somebody as old school folks will remember for a long time, as soon as we hear the uh, the two nicknames there, Starsky and Hutch, we know, right, what that little show was all about. It was good stuff with David Soul and uh, his real name, David Solberg, born in 1943 there in Chicago, but did a great show in the late 70s with Paul Michael Glazer and, uh, you know, undercover cops, guys were fun to watch and Always had the fast cars and always getting in fights and mixing things up. But uh, David Saul passing away at the age of 80 after battling for a while. Don't know what the illness was, but he was pretty solid. Also did some folk singing. His dad was actually a teacher down in Mexico, and uh, he ended up getting into music and had a couple little hits out there, but really enjoyed the music world, the acting world. But he was a man of integrity. Now, he was a man that, uh, not King Henry, Henry VIII, but uh, married five times, but said, look, he learned a lot, including when he had little domestic violence to where after, uh, you know, getting in trouble with, I think it was his second wife, he ended up then becoming somebody that was pro-activation as far as going into prisons and talking to the prisoners about domestic violence, how it's easy to go off the handle and how damaging it can be if you don't have things together, if you don't have some type of recourse. So he was very adamant about that and uh, very vocal as far as making sure that men keep their hands off their spouses. And uh, he will be missed, no doubt about it. We knew right away when we heard Hutch goes down. That was it. David Soul passing away at the age of 80. Number two. All right, I'm going to go right to, well, let's go to the local teams. Let's go and hit UNLV. Let's uh, talk about the men. They have a big game as they open up conference play tomorrow. In San Diego against San Diego State, we know how solid the Aztecs have been coming off a nice route of Gonzaga up in Spokane. I mean, not many teams go up to the kennel and beat up on Mark Few Zags, that's for sure. And then they followed it up big time with their opening conference play in the Mountain West, 74-47. They routed Fresno State, but one of their better players, Reese Waters, he banged up his ankle pretty good early in that game. Now, he left the game, had two points, two rebounds, did not return. He's listed as questionable, as is Miles Bird. Miles Bird had nine points, four rebounds against Gonzaga, and he hurt that toe early on against Fresno State. So both those guys missed the remainder of that Fresno State game, about 30 minutes of that game. Will they be in action tomorrow? We don't know, but we're not going to feel sorry for them. 
We want Kevin Kruger and the men to take care of business, get that Mountain West opener under their belt. We'll see if they can indeed do it. It's a pretty good Rebs team when they're at full strength, and uh, we're hoping they're going to be able to take care of business. Keep an eye on Luis Rodriguez. He has been the leader along with Caleb Boone and also uh, Dedan Thomas. Uh, those three guys right there all around 12.5 points a game. Then you've got Jalen Hill, uh, who's been banged up uh, nearly 12 points a game. And then Keelan Boone, uh, Caleb's brother, who missed the first several games, he has been integral as well. Not only 10 points a game, but eight boards a game, and that is big time for those Rebs. Webster, Jackie Johnson the third off the bench can knock them down. So we will see if they are ready to win their opener in San Diego. Number three. And then we jump over to uh, Lindy LaRock and the ladies. Ladies off to a 1-0 start inside the conference. They got in action back on, on uh, December 30th when they routed Utah State. And we got to watch that game on CBS Sports Network unless you were at the Cox Pavilion. But Desi Young had 31 points in that game. She is just unbelievable. 107-68, to 68, a 39-point route in their opener. But tomorrow, going to be a tough go at Colorado State. We'll see if uh, Coach LaRock has the Lady Rebs up for it last year unblemished in the mountain west and as i said off to that one and zero start it'll be a big time game that game tips off tomorrow i believe that's a, a matinee game and then they come back for a game wednesday the 10th that'll be 7 30 p.m over at cox pavilion against san jose state before taking off for a couple road games at air force and at san diego state but the ladies looking to keep things going have that one blemish on the schedule so far at seton hall got routed pretty good there in jersey but bounce back, beat Fairleigh Dickinson, and then, of course, the route of Utah State. So an 11-1 record there for Coach Lindy LaRock and the Lady Rebs. Back in action tomorrow. We'll see if we can get a, uh, a little twin killing, as they call it in baseball. Can the uh, running Rebs and the Lady Rebs both get Ws in Mountain West Conference play? We'll find out tomorrow. Number four. All right, going to stay with college basketball. Another one of those police blotter deals. Gosh dang it, you just hate these. But don't know, again, innocent till proven guilty. Pop Isaacs of Texas Tech, one of their better players. 16 points a game, nearly four assists. Civil lawsuit being brought against him for potential sexual assault. Again, allegedly, we'll uh, wait and see how all this pays off, or plays out, I should say. Uh, A booster, apparently, over there in the Bahamas, uh, bought Isaacs and another member of the team some cocktails they in turn were in a room with a couple gals 17 and 16 from the bahamas now legal age of consent there in the bahamas is 16 years of age they were there of course for the battle for atlantis but uh you know don't know exactly what happened but we do know that these ladies contacted head coach grant mccaslin and said hey one of our uh, one of us has been assaulted and they went into details mccaslin quickly reported it to the athletic director kirby hokett and uh, we'll see what happens there. The boys from Lubbock in action tomorrow in Austin against Texas. They're 11-2, and two, but Pop Isaacs right now. Again, uh, if you're innocent, you don't have much to worry about, but we'll wait and see how this one plays out. But you just hate to see that stuff. And, you know, I know there's curfews put in place, and assistant coaches do what they can, but you cannot literally be with everybody 24-7. And uh, so, you know, guys sometimes have to realize you cannot put yourself in vulnerable predicaments and this looks like this could be the case here for Pop Isaacs. We'll see what happens with this one. Texas Tech, Pop Isaacs right now under investigation over there in the Bahamas. Number five. And, of course, plenty of action off the diamond Major League Baseball. So we had a lot of action with uh, things going on 
with the Seattle Mariners. Robbie Ray, good solid pitcher for years and years. Only pitched in one game last year because he had that Tommy John surgery. But he was shipped off to, let me see, the uh, San Francisco Giants. That's right, Bob Melvin, of course, leaving the Padres, taking over for the G-Men. And that's a trade where the G-Men, the Giants, ended up trading uh, Mitch Hanager, uh, Hanager and uh, Anthony DiScalfani. DiScalfani, pretty good pitcher when he's on. And Hanager uh, had a pretty decent season last year. Seattle also was busy as they got outfielder Luke Rayleigh from Tampa Bay. And uh, we'll wait and see how this pans out. Now, they did trade an infielder there because, uh, you know, we know the stuff going down with Wander Franco, who, by the way, is out of jail over at the Dominican Republic. We're waiting to see how all that shakes out. Again, Wander Franco allegedly having a relationship with a 14-year-old, and uh, that's still under investigation. But Seattle sending infielder Jose Caballero to those Tampa Bay Rays in exchange for Rayleigh. And, uh, again, plenty of action off the diamond. Also, five-time All-Star Michael Brantley retired after 15 years. Tell you what, this guy was a heck of a hitter. I mean, if he could have stayed healthy, and that's the problem, he just never really was 100% throughout his career, not even close. Started with Milwaukee, then Cleveland, of course, finished up with the Houston Astros. Played in a couple series with the Strohs and, you know, had a solid 327 average in those two World Series, both they, of uh, which were lost by the Astros. And uh, I know they won it back uh, in 2022, but he was not on that team. He got injured in the middle of 2022, but in 2021 and 2019, you know, he had a great average, but they did not win those World Series. Uh, 283 overall in the postseason, 298 for his career, 129 homers, 720 ribbies, and 125 stolen bases. Five-time All-Star Michael Brantley retiring after 15 years, and again, what might have been had that man stayed healthy. Now that is a look at the starting five. Going to get into uh, some Raider scenarios as far as with uh, Hondo Carpenter in hour number two. Antonio Pierce, will he be the full-time head coach for the Raiders? Will Champ Kelly be the new general manager full-time? Mark Davis has a lot of decision-making to uh, take under his belt. And, you know, you've got a couple coaches you're still paying for. Uh, You have a former interim coach in Rich Bisaccia, where a lot of folks thought maybe he got a raw deal. And, of course, he's the special teams guy over at Green Bay, but took the Raiders to the playoffs after all the uh, turmoil that went down that particular season with the Henry Ruggs crash, the John Gruden firing, uh, and all this stuff with the NFL and Gruden. So uh, it's a tough one for Mark Davis. Does Antonio Pierce have enough experience? Uh, What can you take from a 4-4 and record thus far and try and move forward? And uh, figure out, is this guy going to be the guy long term? But we do know that he's got some key cogs in his corner. And we talked about it last night with Max Crosby, best defensive player the Raiders have. And, of course, Devontae Adams, best offensive player that the Raiders have, both in the corner of Antonio Pierce to get that full-time head coaching job. We'll get into that game with the Raiders in Denver. That'll be on Sunday. Neither neither team can make the playoffs. Uh, Broncos coming off a win. Raiders off a tough loss against Indianapolis. And uh, ironically, Champ Kelly, he was actually in that Denver Broncos organization from 2008 to 2014. And so we will uh, get the skinny there from Hondo Carpenter, who does a great job, does a Raider podcast every day, and covers that team as closely as anybody. Came up a little bit short on that prediction last week. Thought the Raiders would beat Indianapolis. And I was surprised that the uh, Raiders were not able to get to Minshew. Uh, Colts offensive line, pretty good. And they did a heck of a job. And Minshew got rid of the ball a couple times right before getting hammered and was able to make big plays. And a couple long plays turned into the difference between the Raiders winning that game and staying alive 
and getting beat. But nonetheless, I think Antonio Pierce has the ear of the players, and I think he's a guy that can get them motivated, and he needs to just have a good, solid staff around him. I don't know if uh, Bo Hardegree is the guy as far as the offensive coordinator. Uh, you know, you might look for somebody more experienced there, but that's for the coaching staff to decide if and when they become permanent. And that'll put a lot of pressure on Champ Kelly as well with Pierce to make sure that the draft is something that the uh, Raiders can, you know, grab a couple new pieces and then they've got to be active in free agency because there's still work to be done. Now, they've done a nice job with, I'd say, two-thirds of the team. I'll get Hondo Carpenter to break it down, and then after the season we'll get grades on all these guys and who he thinks are going to be part of the team moving forward. But we'll look forward to that. Got a lot of stuff that we're going to get into, including the scores when we come back, and then a short segment, and then we'll take a break and come back with Coach Stig from South Dakota State and talk about that South Dakota State game coming up on Sunday against Montana. Two football games left, both championship games, the FCS final coming up on Sunday, and then Monday, Washington and Michigan, and Hondo Carpenter will break that down as well. Looking forward to that. Live from PSBR Law Studios here in Las Vegas, we're on 101.5 FM, Dawn. Streaming live on that Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y, live from the PSBR Law Studios in Las Vegas. It is Ken Thompson. You're listening to SportsX Radio. We'll be right back on a Friday football fiasco. Don't give up on us, babe We're still worth one more try All right, uh, Mark Hoke uh, with a little melancholy Friday football fiasco. I guess uh, the hoaxer must be reminiscing to one of those relationships and uh, don't know. I mean, it's a mellow Friday football fiasco, I guess, with the hoaxer. Come on, man. Are you, are, is this stuff that you would play on the, uh, you know, the wrestling show on Sunday mornings? You I mean, asked for that. get up for 8 a.m.? I'm teasing, man. I did. I asked you for that because David Soul, of course, passing away at 80 years old. But uh, you had some other songs lined up as well, and it's going to be one of those melancholy-type Friday football fiascos. And I know. No, it's not. The Hulkster. It's not? You mean you're going to surprise me? You're no, going to go with a, I had all these a little rock and roll ready to go, and you're like, I want, I want to hear. Don't give up on. I'm like, oh, I uh, no, okay. My, I, I will tell you, it wasn't even that. I wanted to hear it. It's just that my wife said, hey, you know what? He did have that one song that people do know. Don't give up on us, baby. And uh, yeah, he was uh, a folk singer and did some stuff. He actually opened up for people like Frank Zappa and a couple. Uh, trying to remember a couple other big bands. Uh, back in the day, but he picked up his music down in Mexico, where he got uh, a lot of the folk singing under his belt. But I always liked that show, Starsky and Hutch. Now I'm a little older than you, so you may not have been able to see that. No, I saw I it. Was a, did I, was, you? I was young, yeah, when I saw it. Okay. Yeah, he was. Uh, that, that was a good combination. Always good when you get, you know, uh, you know, good combinations as far as you know, fighting, fighting the bad guys. You got to have. Uh, you know, just the people that you enjoy. And even, like, Miami Vice was fun. I mean, there were, there were some good shows throughout the years that you just enjoy the uh, the tandem of two, usually, that uh, guys that are taking on criminals and always a lot of fun. But I did enjoy that show, Starsky and Hutch, back in the day. Chips. Chips. I liked Eric Estrada, yes, <laughs> and, uh, and Wilcox. They were they were both pretty solid, yeah. yeah give me some, some eight, stuff as well. I mean, 18 was a quartet, but still. That's some good fights. Yeah, definitely some good fights. Now, before that, you know, in the era before that, it was pretty much solo guys. Like, yeah, 
Beretta. Man- Mannix, Beretta. <laughs> exactly. Uh, let me think. Well, yeah, Magnum. Yeah, no, Gar- oh, shows yeah. with good cars. Magnum, Magnum was Magnum later. PI. Magnum was later. But there's still, like, reruns now. I don't watch Magnum, but if I see Columbo on, I'm watching it. Peter Falk, phenomenal. Yeah, he's more of a lover, not a fighter. Yeah, but he was, yeah, but I'm saying he was just, like, on his own pretty much. And he was always, what I loved is, like, oh, wait, just one more thing. And that's when he busts yeah, him and nails right. him. Always one more thing. And I actually saw him in Los Angeles when I was going to a Lakers-Knicks game and at the Fabulous Forum. And I was running just a little bit late, and it was probably about five minutes before tip-off. And I start walking through the parking lot with my buddy, and we start kind of putting a move on. And all of a sudden, I go, oh, my God, Colombo. <laughs> Freaking there he was. Peter Falk going into taking the game. So And give me a little six million, you're meet. $6 million man, too. Yeah, a little, Some good uh, fights on a $6 million. No, 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 no. Yep, you know? good stuff. Yeah, good stuff. All right, uh, plenty of college basketball throughout the weekend, and it is getting good now as far as getting into conference play early on, but I'm looking forward to it. Now, Big Ten in action tonight in a late game and taking that game in right now, and that is Illinois and Purdue. And Illinois without Terrence Shannon Jr., they're going to be in trouble in this game. That's why the spread ballooned up over in West Lafayette to 10, and I would have only taken Purdue. Did not touch this game. Only game I did take, took Connecticut against Butler. It's minus four and a half when I gave it out. It closed at five, and Butler had the better of it. They were actually up uh, five or six points at halftime, and then they still led midway through the second half. But Connecticut just kept coming at them. And, of course, they're playing without uh, Klingon, their big guy, who is out for another two weeks. And UConn just kept going and going at the Hinkle Fieldhouse. It turned into a classic 88-81. UConn gets the win and the cover of all numbers. And the game flies well over the total of 143.5, 88-81, UConn, number four in the country. And I still think the team to beat, when it's all said and done, I think they're going to beat Purdue. I think they're better than Purdue. Uh, again, you've got you know, you to deal with Zach Eady. So we'll wait and see. Uh, you know, again, that supporting cast for uh, Purdue's Boilermakers, they have to come through. And guys like Mason Gillis, he was banged up tonight. I don't know if he went. But 42-28, to Purdue leads Illinois that game in West Lafayette. 151 your total still 105 to go in the first half so you're on a good pace as far as uh the over meanwhile other games that are final niagara went into midtown manhattan took care of the jaspers 81 67 minus two and a half no problem game gets up and over the 141 st peter's the peacocks at home two and a half point home dogs against iona but no more rick patino there for the gals st peter's wins at 69 57 total 127 and a half and the game hits 126 Ninety-three, sixty-nine, Fairfield. This team much better than we thought they were going to be at the beginning of the year. And the Stags playing good, solid ball. No problem. They went into the Albany. And I wish I would have seen this line because they were only minus three. And they buried Sienna. Ninety-three to sixty-nine. Wasn't really paying attention like I should have today on college hoops. Mount St. Mary's minus two and a half at home. Mountaineers knock off Canisius. Beat the Golden Griffins. Seventy-four, sixty-nine. Final uh, from Toledo. They were minus twelve, but they were down eleven with about 11 minutes to go in the second half, and Toledo came back and beat Miami of Ohio 68-64. Don't come close to covering the 12. Total 159.5, never had a chance either, unless you had a couple extra sessions. Hits 132, 68-64, Rockets at home get the win. Quinnipiac with a minute to go at home. They lead Ryder 88-82. Now they're minus four. Game's already flown over the total, but we'll keep an eye and see if they indeed can cover that game up six, laying four. Purdue, as I told you, up 12 now with 50 seconds to go in that first half, 42-30 to 30 on Illinois. Bowling Green, 27-17, leading Akron. Akron closing as a 9.5-point home favorite and down 10. Wow. 
Brad Powers, Alma Mata in control early. And then the late game coming up, Mountain West style, Boise State and San Jose State from San Jose. Boise State minus four, total of 140. On the ice, three games, two going right now, third period action. Carolina doubling up on Washington, lead the Caps 4-2. to two. Remember, Pacioretty is back for Washington. That total is six, so you're already there. Carolina's playing much better. Remember, they buried the Rangers 6-1 to one earlier in the week. And uh, right now, up 4-2. to two. Again, the total 6, so worst you can do is push on this one. But I'm telling you, Washington more than likely will pull the goalie. They don't care if they lose by 2 or 3. They're going to try and get it down to a goal. So you got a good shot to get the over in this one. Carolina 4, Washington 2, 5 minutes to go, third period from D.C. And then Jersey, the Devils, playing pretty good hockey of late. Lead the Chicago Blackhawks 3-2. to two. Blackhawks in the uh, back-to-back games lost at Madison Square Garden to the Rangers last night. And right now, 3-2, to two, Jersey on top with 4-10 to go in the third period. Now that total six and a half, so you're going to need a couple goals in the last 4-10. And you know that goalie will get pulled from Chicago, so we'll keep an eye there. Only game yet to start. We'll start in a little bit. Winnipeg at Anaheim in Orange County. It is Winnipeg minus 190. Six, you're told. And remember I said, take a shot at when uh, San Jose uh, San Jose last night, the uh, Sharks at the Shark Tank. They were plus 250. And that game was 1-1 to and ended up 2-1. to Winnipeg did win it. But again, Minus 190, can't, can't lay it on a back-to-back for, with Winnipeg. I would look at Anaheim here, and uh, we'll see. Remember, they buried the Golden Knights last week 5-2 to two, over there in Orange County. So we'll keep an eye on that, but only value I see is with Winnipeg, with the Jets, and a game, uh, game that will start in about 35 minutes from now. So uh, that is it as far as the scores, college basketball, and, of course, uh, talking some hockey. Three NBA games have yet to tip off. Sacramento Kings minus four and a half at home against the Raptors of Toronto, 237 your total. Pistons going to try and get a W. They only have one in their last 31 games, but you never know. Warriors in San Fran minus 10 and a half against Detroit, 239 and a half your total. And the Lakers in action against the Grizz, John Morant going to L.A. Lakers minus four, 226. Games that are going right now, Knicks 93-76 in Philly, burying the Sixers by 17. This is a Philly team that led by 13. In the first quarter, 26-13, but the Knicks now up 17. We'll see if it holds. Knicks have been known to blow leads like this. They were up by as many as 21 in this game. Philly closes a 5.5-point favorite, 233.5. got a lot of work to do if you want to get the over in that one. Cavs at home, 99-76. They lead the Wizards, 5.55 to go fourth quarter. Two finals are in. Indiana continues to score a ton of points. Halliburton, I'm sure, had a ton of assists in this one, 150-116. to They clobber the Hawks in Indianapolis and Boston. My goodness, they lay waste to the Jazz. Utah, no match for Beantown, 126-97 the final there. Meanwhile, the Nets playing a good solid game tonight against OKC in Brooklyn. At the Barclays Center, they lead at 109-93. They were actually a five-point home dog in that game. Seven minutes to go in the fourth quarter. 109-93, Nets by 16. Clips on the road at New Orleans, down in the bayou. Four minutes to go third quarter. Clippers, 76-61. They lead by 15 big ones. Over New Orleans in a pick'em game. Bulls at home, minus eight and a half, up by twelve, five fifteen to go third quarter. Lead the Charlotte Hornets sixty-four fifty-two. Eighty to sixty-six. T Wolves trying to rebound after a home loss. They're up by fourteen in H Town over the Rockets, three oh five to go third quarter. Mavs up sixty to forty eight on the Blazers. Minus seven in that game, two thirty four your total. Still fifty seconds to go in the first half. Nuggets up by three on the Magic, thirty one twenty eight. First quarter just about over there. And then the Suns up four on the Heat. Second quarter just underway, 33-29. And uh, that is a look at the complete scoreboard. Take a break. Come back. Coach Stig, South Dakota State. We're going to talk some big FCS game 
on Sunday. Uh, Sunday, that's right, it's on Sunday in Frisco, Texas, South Dakota State against uh, Montana. So we'll get coaches breakdown, and also what about some of the guys that are there, and maybe the future of FCS football. Mark Hoke, of course, his alma mater, North Dakota State, the rival of South Dakota State, and uh, we're all wondering with the NIL money and all this stuff, what's going to happen with the FCS and some of these teams? Are they indeed going to look to move up to FBS and uh, or stay where they are? And we'll see uh, how much the NIL money uh, does affect some of these players at that second level of college football. Live from Vegas, 101.5 FMK Dawn, streaming live on the Odyssey app. We take a break. We come back with Coach Stig. Keep our number one going right here. You're listening to SportsX Radio live from Vegas. Singing. Singing about my wife, Christina. Got to uh, get it in there. She is some kind of wonderful. She puts up with KT and uh, us guys, most of us, very fortunate that we have spouses that do deal with us. And uh, Friday Football Fiasco rolling here live, PSBR Law Studios in Las Vegas, 101.5 FMK. Dawn streaming live on that Odyssey app. PSBR Law Studios, Mondays, Tuesdays, Thursdays, Fridays, Wednesday. You know, down at Steiner's Pub, 1750 North Buffalo. Come on down and see me. First two down there. This Wednesday, get a free appetizer of your choice, taking those lamb chops. That's all I'm telling you. doesn't get much better than that if you're a fan. All right, uh, time to talk a little FCS title game coming up on Sunday. Frisco, Texas, South Dakota State going to try and defend that national title they got last year at the expense of North Dakota State, the Bison. Got to always get that in there when you got a producer that graduated over there in uh, Fargo. And uh, we welcome in Coach Stiglmeyer. He was the head honcho last year of the team. And we had an interview with him shortly after the season ended. Asked him how long before you hang it up because you're uh, getting up there now. And he said, as soon as the wife lets me know. And couldn't have been more than two weeks after the wife let him know. And so he hands the baton (laughs) to Coach Rogers, who played for him back in the 2007 to 2010 era. And, uh, Coach, telling you what, couldn't have handed the baton to a better guy because old Coach Rogers has not dropped the ball at all. It is still fun to watch this team day in, day out as far as on the gridiron. But a lot of those guys that you know so well, these guys not only play as a team on the field, but off the field, these guys enjoy hanging out with each other. And you don't find that a lot at a lot of levels of sports. And I think what you folks have over there with South Dakota State is very, very special. And uh, you've kind of let me in with uh, an inner circle there as far as a lot of guys of faith and, and really, really neat just to see the camaraderie and just the respect that uh, the players, the coaches, and just everybody that seems to be involved with South Dakota State Jackrabbits football, uh, you know, just has going on over there. So, Coach, you should be commended for that because I know you're an integral part of it. Well, thanks, Ken. And, and uh, there's a lot of people that were part of it, are part of it. Uh, you mentioned Coach Rogers uh, a number of years ago. I talked to administration and and uh, said that, you know, my days are numbered. I wanted somebody on the staff to, to uh, inherit the job because we had built something pretty special. And uh, he's, I told him, he, uh, we, don't, we went, really went over four guys on the staff at the time. 
And I said, they're all better, going to be better head coaches than I am. And Jimmy has proven that. Uh, he's a phenomenal head coach, phenomenal leader. You know, you talk about our program, though, and, and uh, people call it culture. We call it family. And there's no, there is absolutely no greater organization that 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 defines love and, and uh, closeness and acceptance and accountability than the term family. And, and, uh, uh, that's what we have at South Dakota State. And if you were in the hallways, Ken, and it would every day you would hear somebody say, "Hey, I love you," and that's pretty cool to be part of. No doubt about it. It is definitely cool to be part of, and it's been fun to watch this team. You know, after you step away, I mean, the the baton, as we said, handed down to Coach Jimmy Rogers and and a great staff, and a lot of the players remaining from that team last year. So it would have been easy for you to come back and try and defend that title, but you knew. Uh, it was time to step away because the missus said, you know what, share the wealth, walk away, stay in the guys' lives, and uh, let's see what happens. And it has been nothing short of fantastic to watch these guys play. They're going to try and make it another perfect season tomorrow in Frisco, Texas. Mark Gronowski, what a stellar human being this guy seems to be, not only on the field but off the field like most of the Jackrabbits that I've at least uh, seen some uh, little uh, blips on and uh, you know listened to some people talk about. But this guy's pretty special. Reflect on Mark Ronowski and, uh, and just the person, because I know, uh, again, great quarterback, great athlete, but a great person. Yeah, yeah. His, uh, his, his, his defining the term student-athlete, first of all, is as good as it can be. He's a 3.7-something mechanical engineering major. That's obviously not, not easy. He shows up on campus his true freshman year. We have covid and we're, so we got all fall to practice. And uh, by the end of the fall, getting ready for our spring season, I had seniors coming in saying, uh, we think Mark should be the starting quarterback. I mean, this is a true freshman during COVID where he can't hang around. So it's a little bit of time he had uh, with the guys on the field. He marked them. And, and then far beyond the student athlete, uh, last year, and he does this all the time, but last year – we had an event where they brought in some special needs students uh, to play with our guys in the game room. And we just told the guys that were not dressers, non-dressers to be there. Well, who's one of the guys that shows up to volunteer his time Mark Ganowski and, and invests in these people. So he's just a, he's just a phenomenal uh, individual that uh, I, I was so blessed to be around and, and he's going to make a difference in the world. Is this it, uh, final year for the Yankee brothers, Jackson and Jaden? Yeah, they, they, they're, this is their sixth year. They're, uh, uh, they're going to give the NFL a try. Uh, again, a group of, there was just an article written on those guys, the, the type of people they are in their journey to South Dakota State, the success they've had, the, you know, being twins and competing not only against opponents, but each other. I mean, it's, again, just we're so blessed, and you referenced it with so many great individuals on this football team. Yeah, I enjoy watching. Zach Hines, another one, comes up with some big catches, another uh, big, nice target there for Gronowski to get the ball to. Yeah, Zach is, uh, again, a sixth-year guy. He's uh, one of the two guys that dumped Gatorade on me last year, so he reminded me of that a couple of days ago, that if I'm, if I'm near him, he might give me another shot just to, 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 <laughs> as a memory. And I said, don't worry, Zach, I, I, I take that for – you can save that for Jimmy if we're lucky enough to win. But uh, all those guys we just talked about, Mark 
it's a little early for Mark, but all of them, I think, will have a shot at the NFL, too. That's how good a, uh, athletes they are. There you go. And we talked about Isaiah Davis last time as far as, uh, you know, not being the biggest guy, but there are running backs uh, that are, you know, not the biggest guys, but, you know, and we remember uh, – uh, Edward Hilaire had had some good seasons before he started suffering too many injuries there with Kansas City. And you know what? When they have that compact body and that ever-ready bunny, you know, type engine that never quits, they get stronger as the game goes. And Isaiah Davis is one of those guys. I mean, I literally feel better when he's running the ball in the fourth quarter than in the first quarter. <laughs> he is uh, he's a workhorse. He he, and, and he takes such good care of his body outside of football. So from the training room to nutrition to doing yoga, extra yoga in terms of stretching, flexibility. And, uh, I mean, here's a guy that's going to carry in a, in a really physical league in the Missouri Valley Football Conference, going to carry the ball 30, 30 times sometimes. And, 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 and like you said, gets better at the end of the game. So really a special guy. Coach, reflect on a few of the defensive players because we always talk offense, and it's been a prolific offense. And when you come up, uh, come off a semifinal route of Albany, fifty-nine nothing. That's the first thing you think of is the offense, fifty-nine points. But let's remember the defense didn't give up anything. Talk about some of the leaders on defense for the South Dakota State Jackrabbits. Yeah, one of one of the best leaders is the Mike linebacker Adam Bach, uh, who was going to graduate, and uh, he also is a mechanical engineer. He's going to come back because he had a tough year in terms of injuries. He broke his leg for for the second year in a row. But he's a phenomenal, again, student athlete. Uh, two of the guys that come to mind, uh, uh, Dyshawn Gales, our best corner, was a walk-on and, and is just a really good football player. Uh, Cade Trevere, another guy that walked on here, is our best pass rusher. Uh, no, and It doesn't say boo, but he's always his motor never quits. Uh, so some really, but I maintain, and this is, I've said this publicly, our safety group and, and Tucker large is the guy that's leading that group is having a phenomenal season. Our safety, I've never seen our safeties play as good in terms of run pass responsibility and execution that I have, uh, this year. And so credit to their new coach, uh, Pete manage and the job he's done in his first year with those guys. And then you know Bobby Houck, the opposing coach for Montana's Grizzlies, pretty well. And they've got some playmakers, no question. When they switched quarterbacks and went to Clifton McDowell, things kind of changed because this guy is definitely a dual threat. There's no question. He can win that ball down the field. He's got an outstanding arm. Not always accurate, but uh, we know he can throw the heck out of it. He's working on that as far as the uh, accuracy. But, man, when you think you have him hemmed in, you do not. This kid can get out of a uh, phone booth, man, with, uh, you know, just a sliver of daylight. He is that good and that elusive. And uh, when he does pick him up and put him down and get in open space, that's when he is the most dangerous. Now, he didn't get a ton of rushing yardage against the Bison, but was able to do just enough and had that key TD pass and didn't throw any interceptions. And that was key, not turning the ball over, because, you know, North Dakota State capitalizes on those turnovers all the time throughout their history. Talk to me a little bit about Bobby's team, because we know this team is pretty darn good. And the one guy that I looked at and said, you know, you just got to be careful. You don't want to ever kick the ball to this guy. You don't want to punt the ball to this guy. Talking about Junior Bergen, who had that big game, had a punt return and a kickoff return against Furman, and that the difference in them advancing in that overtime game before the double overtime victory against North Dakota State. 
Yeah, he's a, he's a difference maker, and, and you say that it's a cliche, but uh, anybody that uh, that does what he does with the football is is really really special. And uh, I know our guys on defense and special teams will be aware of that, and we'll try to hem him in. But you, you can't stop a guy like that. You just have to limit the damage uh, he 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 has. Uh, their quarterback's a winner. He's a, he's a playmaker, like you said. He can throw and run. Uh, but I really respect, I shouldn't say, but I really respect coach Hauk. I competed against his teams, uh, for a lot of years. And here's a guy that, uh, I think, uh, keeps it all in perspective. Uh, you know, uh, treats his players, right. Has a great program. And yet, uh, he knows we're just coaching football and there's more to this and there's more to, to invest in this team. And so, uh, coach Hauk does it right. And, and uh, it's going to be a good game of two really quality football teams. Yeah, really looking forward to it on Sunday. And uh, Hunter Dustman, the punter, made a cameo appearance in that win against Albany. He did have that one punt for 43 yards, but he'll know all about Bergen and uh, probably try to keep it away. I do like uh, A.J. Colover for the Raiders, get to watch him. And one of those lost arts, Coach, that we don't see too often, the old coffin corner. And if you're good enough, and you're able to angle it out without putting it out of bounds too early. It's very effective against a guy like Bergen. Yeah, and the thing with uh, Hunter Dustman, he can he can punt stationary, and he can also roll out and kick the line drive, which many times is a really hard ball to track because uh, it's more end over end and, and is is going to get outside quicker. So it'll be interesting what their special teams coordinator uh, did, decides to do. I know they respect Junior Bergen, uh, but I, I, sometimes when you're when you're a good football team, you say, bring your best against our best. So we'll see what, how, how the game goes and what they decide to do. And, and hopefully Hunter only has to punt one time, and then we don't have to worry about it. <laughs> there you go. All right, Coach, you got about 45 seconds. Talk to me, uh, put it in perspective, what it's like coaching the game, and then it's what it's like now sitting back watching as the former head coach. Is it a lot less stressful for you now? It, yeah, I watch as a coach still, Ken, but it, it much less stressful. Uh, but I, I, I will tell you this. Uh, I love my job just as I know you love your job. And so uh, watching these guys, guys I literally love like, like sons, uh, have the success they have. It's been such a joy uh, to be with my wife and, and experience it together. And I am so proud of Jimmy Rogers and our football program. Uh, I can't wait to watch him on Sunday. Yeah, I can't wait to take it in either as the Jacks go for back-to-back national titles. Coach Stigelmeyer, we appreciate you as always throughout the season, and uh, we will be checking back in with you. Coach, have an outstanding weekend. You be blessed, and uh, keep doing what you're doing, Coach, because you do just as much off the field as you did on the field for so many years, years there with the Jackrabbits program. Well, I appreciate you and what you stand for and the devotions you send, so keep it up and keep making a difference in the world. Take care. There, there you go. Coach Stigelmeyer, SportsX Radio, little South Dakota State, Montana, and again, ties to Bobby Houck. He, of course, did a, a job over here at UNLV as head coach. He and his wife, Stacy, outstanding people as well. Should be a great game on Sunday, and we'll discuss it on Tuesday. SportsX Radio 101.5 FM, KDON, streaming live on that Odyssey app. We're halfway home. Mark Hoke takes us to our midway break. We'll be right back. We'll talk with Hondo Carpenter. Little Raider talk, little national title game right after this.
Welcome back from halftime. It's just after 7 o'clock in the big city. Time to continue America's favorite Las Vegas sports show. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson. <laughs> yeah. What up? Party's going on. Duh. Going to a party. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson is brought to you by Hannah Shea Boyle and Rabapudi. Trial lawyers that get results. Steiner's Pub, a true Nevada style pub. Preventative Diagnostic Center. Rob Ritchie, Farmers Insurance. So get ready because Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson starts now. Now. All right, KT, hour number two, PSBR Law Studios here in Las Vegas. Thanks to Coach Stigelmeyer as uh, South Dakota State, again, tries to make it two years in a row, national title, FCS style. We'll see that game against Bobby Houck and uh, Montana, the boys from Missoula, the Grizz, on Sunday. And it uh, should be a fun game. I think uh, Montana going to hang in there for a while, but I think South Dakota State's going to wear them down. I just love the Yankee boys and uh, Coach Stig talking about Gronowski, what a solid quarterback he is. And then Isaiah Davis in the running game and the defense. Kind of underrated because we look at the offense first a lot of times in uh, college football. And we'll get into the uh, FBS game on Monday as well with Hondo Carpenter in just a minute. Do want to update from the Westgate Superbook. That line's still steady right now. Minus 13.5, the Jackrabbits favorite, 49.5. However, it's Circa, another big property here in the Vegas Valley. It has gone up to 14. South Dakota State minus 14. 49 and a half year total. So uh, that line open at 12 and a half, stayed there for a while, got to 13 and a half, jumped right there a full point the other day. And now at least in one of the big shops has gone to 14. The total has stayed steady at 49 and a half. Washington, Michigan, right now Westgate Superbook, Michigan minus four and a half, 56 and a half. That's up a point and a half as far as the total. And the opening number, four and a half, a lot of places, but it did open at four at a couple shops and stay there for just a minute. So we'll see indeed how that line moves as we get closer to kickoff on Monday from NRG in Houston. Let's go back to the scores real quick before we bring in Hondo. Just update. Another game has gone final. Cavs finished off the Wizards 114-90. to No problem there. Game stays well under, but an easy cover for Cleveland. Pacers and Celtics, easy covers at home in two games. Uh, one that went over, the Pacers-Hawks went over big time, and then the Celtics-Jazz stayed under. Knicks closing out Philly. It's a, it's about over 15 seconds left. How about this? Knicks 128, the Sixers 92 in Philly. I don't remember the Knicks beating Philly like that in a long, long time. I mean, back in the day maybe, but that is unbelievable to beat the Sixers. And remember, Philly led that game 26-13 to in the first quarter. 124-115, Nets did beat the Thunder. Clippers, no problem. Uh, Zion Williamson went out of the game for the Pelicans, did not return, I believe, with a leg injury. 108-87, clips up with a minute 46 to go. Now 108-87, so that game is over and will stay under the total. Bulls up 16 on the Hornets, five minutes to go. They're laying eight and a half, but looking like they'll take care of business. 96-80 over Charlotte. 109-85, all T-Wolves in H-Town over Houston. 82-58, Mavericks, 6-15 to go third quarter in Big D over the Blazers. Nuggets by 11 Near the half against Orlando, 65-54. And at the half, it is the Suns up seven on the Heat, 62-55. to And the other three games, again, will tip off in just a little bit. Raptors-Kings, Sacktown boys at home, minus 4.5, 238. Pistons and Warriors from San Fran. Golden State minus 10.5, 240.5. And Lakers at home, now up to 4.5 against Ja and the Grizz, uh, 225 is your total there. As far as on the ice, remember we only had three games going, 
and uh, two of them, well, actually two, three games on the schedule, two were going. They are finals. The one game did get up and over. Carolina-Washington was 4-2, to two, finished 6-2 to two, as the Canes take care of business in a big way in D.C., and uh, Jersey held on, beat Chicago by a score of 4-2. to two. That game still stayed under that total of 6.5. Winnipeg-Anaheim, they'll start in about two minutes from now. Winnipeg minus 176, your total from Orange County. On the hardwood, Purdue now up 19 against the boys from Champaign. Illinois hurting big time without Terrence Shannon Jr. in the lineup. 60-41, to 15-10 to go from West Lafayette. Bowling Green up 5 at half on Akron. A little surprise there. Up 5, uh, the Falcons, and they're catching 9.5. As far as the spreads, so we'll see if the Zips make a run in the second half. San Jose State at home against Boise State. They'll tip off in about 23 minutes from now in San Jose. Boise State minus four, 139 and a half. And we gave you the rest of the college scores a little bit earlier, but the big game. Connecticut took out Butler at the Hinkle Fieldhouse, 88 to 81. Without further ado, we talk some football with my good pal Hondo Carpenter, who does a great job, Sports Illustrated, for a long, long time, and of course does an outstanding Raiders podcast, covers the Raiders as well as anybody, and uh, lots of questions for the offseason for the Raiders. Don't know how long it'll take for owner Mark Davis to make a decision as far as, you know, the uh, the coaching staff and, and uh, the head coach. We know the interim coach, Antonio Pierce, has done a, a pretty good job, four and four but the team really playing good, solid ball, and they seem to be a unit that's playing together. And then, of course, uh, we've got Champ Kelly, pretty solid general manager uh, that has stepped in and done a nice job. So he's got a lot of work to do. Now he'll be going against a team that he worked for for eight, nine years. The Denver Broncos was there as far as the scouting department and assistant person, uh, director of pro, uh, pro personnel for a while. And so we bring in Hondo. Hondo, do we have any uh, any steps further as far as uh, maybe owner Mark Davis tipping his hat as far as uh, Antonio Pierce? I, I did see a couple things, and you never know what to believe, but you know better than I, but to where uh, potentially, uh, you know, they may take a, a swing at somebody else, and if it misses, uh, then revert back to Antonio Pierce. And I just didn't know if that was something that, uh, would go down to, well, we did see a lot of player support for Antonio Pierce coming from the two best players offensively and defensively from the Raiders and Max Crosby and Devontae uh, Adams. And so, to me, that would make me feel comfortable if I'm the interim head coach. If I have the uh, the votes of those two guys who are big-time parts of the uh, Raiders forward, you know, their history and, and, and their uh, their team going forward, I would feel a little more comfortable knowing that I had a vote of confidence from both those guys. But it is great to have you back on a Friday football fiasco. Mr. Hondo Carpenter, you got the floor. A couple of things. First of all, when you look at Antonio Pierce, he takes over after the trade deadline, so there was nothing him and Champ could do to go out and trade and get some players, number one. They lose two offensive coaches. So they're, they're coaching one of the worst offenses in the NFL with two, without two coaches. That's something to think about. Then you have a rookie quarterback. You have to throw out 75% of the playbook because they couldn't even do it when Josh was here, let alone when he wasn't. And you're trying to implement some new things with a rookie. With, and he has a staff that he didn't hire, he didn't pick. When you look at everything he's done, this defense now has become one of the best in the NFL. They're number one in points allowed. The offense has had its struggles. It certainly has. You can't get around that. But when you look at their down two coaches, they have a rookie quarterback. They throw out 75% of the playbook. If he was a guy who had been hired last year 
and he's sitting here today at four, at 500. Nobody's even talking about firing him. Not you. You made a good comment about Devonte and Max. Every single player in that locker room is fighting for him. Adam Butler came here. He was a great defensive tackle with the New England Patriots. He's been great since he got here. And Adam Butler was brought over here. He's a friend of Josh McDaniels and Dave Ziegler. He told me on Wednesday in the locker room, not only does he want him to get the job, and he's in the last year of his deal. He's probably not going to be here. I hope they re-sign him. They should. But if if they don't, he said, I may not even be here, and I wish they'd have given him the job earlier. Now, remember, he's friends with McDaniels and Ziegler saying, man, how much farther would we have been along if he would have gotten the job earlier? It is the entirety of the team that's speaking. It's Howie Long. It's Charles Woodson. It's your alumni that are speaking. And I broke the story earlier on X. Tom Brady was in Henderson today. He was at practice today. He is going to carry a large voice with Mark Davis. But at some point, Mark Davis is going to have to look and decide, what are we as an organization? We say that we're an organization that, unlike the other 31 NFL teams, we're about our players. We say we fired Josh McDaniels because it didn't look like the players were having fun. Well, you now, if you don't retain Antonio Pierce, have fired the two coaches your locker room believed in, and the two guys you hired, Gruden and who you brought in, and then Josh McDaniels were fired. And so whoever he brings in next, it better be somebody that takes him to his or to a Super Bowl, or Mark's legacy will permanently be damaged. If he hires Antonio Pierce and he fails, everyone's going to give him all the credit. But if he hires somebody else and they fail, it rests on his legacy. And I leave you with this very quickly. When you look at what's gone on, Antonio Pierce is here. Now, Jim Harbaugh is a great coach. He's not a good coach. He's a great coach. But Antonio Pierce is here. And when you look at everything going against him, you look at, I mean, you talk about the offense being bad, and it has been. But look, you haven't had Josh, Josh Jacobs in weeks. The best running back in the NFL, Colton Miller, one of the best left tackles. Out, Michael Mayer. Probably the best, the best, I would say, second best rookie tight end in the National Football League behind the young man in Detroit. I mean, when you look at all that's been out on this team offensively and how bad they were before he got there and what he's done to make them better, this is a complete no-brainer. This is a higher Antonio Pierce. Hunter Renfro uh, stepped up and said, you know, he did not think that he, and, and you can tell me if this is accurate or not, uh, that he may not be part of the Raider team next year. This is a guy that was all pro along with Darren Waller a couple of years ago. And, you know, all of us are kind of looking, saying, okay, we got some key pieces. And then we bring Devontae Adams over and just thinking, gosh, this offense is going to be unbelievable. They're just going to be unstoppable. The question is, will the defense be able to hold their own? And Hunter Renfro has been pretty much non-existent the last year and a half as far as the offense. There's been a couple games where Aiden O'Connell's gotten him the ball. Uh, he didn't get the ball at all from Jimmy Garoppolo early in the season. What is the future of Hunter Renfro? Uh, because I have a feeling he's going to end up in New Orleans with uh, Derek Carr. Yeah, I think he's going to end up in New Orleans with Derek Carr as well. And, uh, you know, good for him. He's a great guy. He's lost a step. I had several NFL executives tell me that um, as the, earlier in this year. 
when he just disappeared and they go, you could just tell by the way in watching the film he had lost a step. When Aiden O'Connell took over and they began to simplify the offense, they did some things for him in space that Derek did um, when Derek was the quarterback that allowed him to, you know, he's not a guy that's going to burn you down the field, but he's going to run really good routes in really tough areas across the middle where guys get walloped. He's tough as nails. It just didn't fit what this group has done. And, oh, by the way, I want to go back and add one thing. I'm not I'm not dismissing your, your Hunter Renfro comment, but do you know that Aiden O'Connell is the second highest rated rookie quarterback in the NFL? And, and this is a guy that they go on the road, they beat Kansas City, they go on the road to Miami, and they almost upset them. I mean, this is a team that, despite everything against it, sitting at 500 is a miracle. And then you go back to Hunter, who was a big part of the offense and just lost a step and doesn't really fit what they do anymore. This, this team is not a rebuild. And I'm going to tell you right now, when Josh McDaniels got the job, they were just coming off the playoffs. Mark Davis said it's not a rebuild. Well, it was. And if you bring in somebody other than AP, it's going to be a rebuild. And that is fundamentally unfair to these fans who've waited long enough. There are too many weapons on this team. You have the best special teams in the NFL. You have the one of the best defenses in the NFL, and of your $160 million that you spend to your salary cap, $40 million is on defense. You lose Chandler Jones, who never plays a game this year, who has a huge amount of money. You look at Malcolm Kuntz, the way he's come along. You look at Tyree Wilson, the way he's come along. What they've done with this team, he has the chair. He's in the building. The players love him. This is a no-brainer. And let me tell you, I don't have an axe to grind with Jim Harbaugh. If I was uh, Spanos in, in, in San Diego, I'm hiring him right now. Right now. That, uh, great, the, great coach. But for this circumstance, this team right now, especially with what Mark did to Rich Passaccia, he can't afford to take this risk, but he, but he very well might. There you go. And, of course, Banos probably wishes he was still in San Diego. I actually worked at Jack Murph when the Chargers oh, were yeah, there. Yeah, sorry, course, Los Angeles. I know. Sorry. It's, it's still the hardest one out of all of them. And I remember – I was you know, literally Florida. just on the radio before you in San Diego, and, I, and that's why I was thinking that. I'm sorry. No, you know, you know, Honda, are you kidding me? I mean, it's, it's out of all the ones that have transitioned to other places, the toughest one still – and I know I lived there for uh, several years when the Chargers were there. I was actually there in the Dan Fouts, the the great teams with J.J. and Winslow and, and Joyner. And gosh dang, that offense, it didn't quit. Uh, a lot of fun to watch that team, Eric Coriel. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it is uh, it is tough. And I never really thought the Chargers would leave there because I thought they did have a you know a stranglehold on that city. And the Padres actually went out and get Petco, beautiful city right there downtown. But you don't get that for the Chargers, which uh, kind of surprised me. And so now you uh, you may get a Harbaugh that takes over that uh, Charger organization and, uh, you know, Herbert and uh, a lot of potential there, a lot of key cogs there offensively at least, and a couple on defense that are pretty good. Uh, Raiders have also been rumored as far as in the Jim Harbaugh sweepstakes, but I agree with you. I think they've got the guy that is straight out of Compton, that grew up a Raiders fan, that may not have all the coaching accolades or, or uh, experience as a head coach, but is one of those guys that can get his guys motivated. And you've seen teams throughout all your years, whether it's college or pro or at any level, no matter if they're the better team, 
you know, physically or what, if they're not ready to play, it doesn't mean a hill of beans sometimes. And what I like about Antonio Pierce is I feel that the guys are ready to play. So they've lost a couple tough games. The game against the uh, the Colts, I was a little surprised just because they weren't able to get to Minshew. And I was like, gosh dang, because he's not as mobile. But that offensive line for the Colts did just enough. And the Raiders were like right there, like a millisecond away from getting a big turnover. They kept this, waiting man. for it to happen. Go ahead. Think about this one. And yet, Max Crosby's playing at 60%, and nobody's talking about that. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, and, and again, that's another thing that's gone against. I talked to the player today who was very familiar with Mike Tomlin, who told me that Antonio Pierce is the next Mike Tomlin, which is huge praise. And he, like he said, you don't have to be an X's and O's guy to be the head coach. You have to be able to motivate and lead the men and then hire the staff who are. Now, let me share a couple things with you. I wrote this this week at Sports Illustrated. They had John Madden, who was a linebacker coach, and Al believed in him, and Al moved him from linebacker coach to head coach. There were several other more qualified candidates, experienced, proven winners. Al was mocked for hiring John Madden, but John had the team. He had the men. They followed them. He went and got the staff, and look what John Madden did. Same thing with Art Shell. He was a position coach, just like Madden was a linebacker coach like Antonio Pierce. He was an offensive line coach. They move him to interim, hire him as the head coach. Look how that turned out. Now let's go to Champ Kelly. They had a guy in the stable of the Raiders by the name of Ron Wolf. A lot of your listeners are going to know who he is. He's one of the, considered one of the greatest general managers in NFL history. Mm-hmm. He was a Raider. He was the head of the scouting department. Everyone knew it was just a matter of not if, but when he was going to get a general manager's job. Al didn't pull the trigger, and so Green Bay did. And look where he, what he did in Green Bay. When you look at this team right now, when you look at what Champ Kelly has done, bringing in Jack Jones, getting rid of a Marcus Peters, you look at other guys he's brought in you know, who are on the street, essentially, you look at how they have positioned this team. It was Champ Kelly who, when Dave Ziegler got here and brought Champ Kelly with him, the Raiders had the worst scouting department in the National Football League. The worst. Not, not bad. The worst. They revolutionized it in one year, and it is now considered among the best in the National Football League. That's all Champ Kelly. So when you begin to look at the things that they've done and and who they mirror, who they look like, this isn't a statement that Jim Harbaugh is a bad coach. You know, I'll give you a great example. I knew a man who was married and loved his wife, and he went on and had he invented something and overnight became a multi 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 millionaire worth hundreds of millions of dollars. And several people said to him, wrongly, may I add, but they said to him, man, are you going to trade your wife in? And he's like, what? And they go, well, you know, now that you have all this money or whatever, and he looked at them and he goes, she believed in me when nobody else did. She's the most beautiful thing in the world. I'm going to say something. If you get Jim Harbaugh, you're going to pay him 12 and a half to $15 million a year. You're going to probably give him a 10-year million deal. Champ uh, Kelly and Antonio Pierce took this job when it was a crap show. 
when it was a farce, when around the NFL they were mocking it, it was falling apart, and they saved it when no one else wanted it. To move on to someone else is, in my opinion, it's an insult. It's saying, great, thank you for taking care of me, but I've made all my money now. I saved my season. I'm going to trade you in for somebody else. You've been loyal. You've been faithful. You, 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 you got all my kids healthy. You saved our franchise. You, you, you brought us respectability. You went on the road and beat the Chiefs when my big money guys couldn't. Thank you. We appreciate you. But now you're no longer good enough for us. I'm telling you, and I've said this before, I had a player on this team tell me, don't tell us that it's about us and the players if for the second time in two years you ignore us. And Mark Davis has the right to do whatever he wants. He doesn't listen to you or me or any fan, and he shouldn't. It's his team. But what I'm telling you is, if he doesn't, this is the message that he's sending. Okay, I don't care about you. It's about what I want. I want this. I want to go hire the guy. Now, and, and, and he may be right. But if his whoever he hires doesn't win a Super Bowl, and their name is an Antonio Pierce, this is going to affect his legacy forever. I, the enormity of this situation to me. I've had people say to him on social media, you just hate Harbaugh. That's not true. I think he's a great coach. I've, I've brought on people on my podcast, and I've written about Braylon Edwards, the former number one pick from Michigan, who's, who knows Harbaugh. His, his, his nephew plays for him now at Michigan. And Braylon played for him, played for him at, 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 at San Francisco. And talking about him. This isn't about Harbaugh. This is about the Raiders. This is about they're already in a marriage. They've already got a guy. AP is that guy. There you go. All right. Well, we'll we're going to pick it up. We're going to keep it here with Hondo Carpenter. SportsX Radio Hour number two. You miss any part of the show, use the Odyssey Rewind feature, where you can wait for the archive to be put up by about 845 Pacific Time on X at both Ken Thompson 87 and at SportsX Radio. 101.5 FMK Dawn. Five nights a week, 6 to 8 p.m. right here on the left coast, live from Vegas. We'll be right back with Hondo. We will get his take on that national title game as well. We'll continue talking Raiders football, NFL. A lot of playoff spots up in the air for Saturday and Sunday. We'll find out how they pan out. We'll get Hondo's take on a lot of the key games as well. We're live from Vegas. We'll be right back. Four tops coming back on a Friday football fiasco. The Hoekster is spinning the hits. KT rocking and rolling and watching Purdue rock and roll right now. Beating up on the Illini. I know Terrence Shannon Jr. I'll tell you, this kid Wren giving uh, Edie a little help there for the Boilermakers in West Lafayette. Up 40, 74 to 60, 615 to go second half. And Coach Underwood's team trying to hang in there the best they can. We'll see what the situation presents with Terrence Shannon Jr. As, uh, again, those rape allegations still pending right now so we'll wait and see how the uh, school moves forward as far as that get back with hondo carpenter in just a sec remember demographically if you fall between the ages of 40 and 72 
and you're here in the Vegas Valley, or if you're coming in to visit in the Vegas Valley, Dr. John Pierce and the Preventative Diagnostic Center have something very special. The only scanner of its kind in the region gives you early detection before signs and symptoms of more than two dozen ailments like heart disease, lung disease. It is the Preventative Diagnostic Center. You can check out the website, pdcenterlv.com. But give a call now. You can leave your name and number. They'll get back to you, set up that free educational consultation. Make sure you tell them KT Sports X Radio sent you. You know the 702 for Vegas, 534 534-7900. 534-7900. You can get all your organs internally scanned, but you can get that heart CT scan and calcium score special to get things rolling. That's right. $600 value costs you $125 to get that ticker checked out. Make sure there's no arteries clogging up. Guys, make sure you don't get blindsided by the Widowmaker. Ladies, number one killer of women year in, year out here in the United States is heart disease. So check it out. Meanwhile, your significant other is absolutely free. So the two of you get in there, total of $125, heart CT scan, calcium score. It is awesome. Early detection is key. Get peace of mind. Take charge of your health. Preventive Diagnostic Center, 534-7900. Dr. John Pierce, he and his staff will take good care of you. Purdue up 12 Watching that game wind down. Bowling Green still up three at Akron. 12-20 to go, 51-48. Boise State, San Jose State. They tip it off in about two minutes from now in San Jose. No score, eight minutes to go. First period, Winnipeg, Anaheim on the ice. Jersey doubled up on Chicago, 4-2, 6-2 Carolina. Beat Washington. I'll uh, throw some of those college basketball uh, plays for KT tomorrow. I'll throw those out before we get off the air. But right now, go back to Hondo Carpenter. Hondo, you mentioned uh, all the coaches in years past that uh, came from position coaches for the Raiders throughout the years. And, you know, I actually just spoke with Coach Tom Flores earlier today, and he was another one. He was a quarterback's coach for the Buffalo Bills and then a wide receiver's coach for the Raiders and hired as head coach in uh, 79. And, of course, great job with the Raiders, won a couple Super Bowls there. But another guy that, you know, Al Davis gave a shot, and it panned out and turned out pretty well. Yeah, it worked out pretty well for them. And, you know, it's the Raider legacy. It's the Raider way. And if Mark wants to be like his dad, then the move is to hire Antonio Pierce. Can't disagree there. Looking forward to that. Now, you mentioned Harbaugh. And, look, I, I know the guy's a heck of a coach. There is no question. But there is also, uh, you know, scandals potential right there. And people can say what they want. we got to wait for everything to play out. But there's a reason that, you know, he – did not coach in several games on the sidelines this year, and it's not because he, you know, was squeaky clean. So we don't know everything, and everything is not out as of yet, and we got to wait, you know, let things, you know, play out. Uh, same thing with, you know, Belichick throughout his years there in New England. It's not always been, you know, to where there's not been a lot of, uh, you know, second guessers. And when you watch a team, you know, that's that good, and you're always like, God, that team's so good. Why do they have to, you know, cut corners? And, you know, well, they lost a first-round draft choice. They didn't lose it for nothing. There's a reason they lost it. Of course, a lot of us are not privy and don't know all the uh, significant details that went down. Uh, we can speculate and we can guess, but we don't know everything that's gone down. So there is baggage potentially with bringing Harbaugh. Now, we saw him transition from Stanford to the NFL and do a heck of a job and then go back to college football. Yes, it's his alma mater, and uh, under Bo Schembechler, you know the area, and uh, you grew up with that area. Uh, you know everything about Big Ten football growing up. Uh, Harbaugh's got a legacy, there's no question, and Michigan has that attitude. It's us against the world, and they've had that attitude. It paid off against Alabama. They got that W. Uh, there's no question, as I said, the guy is a hell of a football coach. But again, what's going on You know, as far as shenanigans that may not, pertain to the actual on-game ethics 
And uh, so just wanted to get your take as far as that. If you bring somebody like Harbaugh over, and I'm a big USC fan and have been for a half century. Look, I watched Pete Carroll excel over there in Troyland and do a great job. But he knew the writing was on the wall when Reggie Bush, uh, all that stuff was going down, and he bolted for the NFL, wasn't there when the 30 scholarships were lost the, for three consecutive years. They lost 10 per year, and they were able to somehow still keep the program afloat and uh, at a pretty high level. But nonetheless, uh, you're wondering if Harbaugh leaves for the NFL and goes and takes that Charger job or another job in the NFL, and then the hammer falls on Michigan, you know, what does that do to the legacy of Jim Harbaugh? Well, I think there's a couple things. First of all, I do not trust the NCAA. Uh, other than Congress, I think they're the most worthless uh, organization in all of America. I think they're disingenuous. I don't think they're truthful. So until there is hardcore proof provided, I'm going to give Jim the benefit of a doubt. Plus, it's America, and you're innocent until proven guilty. But if he is proven guilty, they set a precedent with Jim Tressel. And they and the NFL basically banned Tressel from coaching for a time. And there were reports that earlier in the year when it was known that Jim Harbaugh would be interested in the NFL, that the NFL would consider doing to Jim what they did to Jim Tressel. Now, so that's something that has to be taken into consideration, number one. Number two, and I think this is extremely important, is he's innocent until proven guilty with those charges. But if those charges end up being being proven correct and his national championship is taken away, is, is, that a, is that a stain that the Raiders care about? I don't think they do. But I'm just, because if you look at what he's accused of doing, you're allowed to do it in high school and you're allowed to do it in the pros. But the fact is it's a rule that you've got to obey in college and they agree to it and, and, and that is what it is. But I think that's something that needs to be taken into consideration, that if he is found to be guilty, and what about if the um, NCAA, excuse me, if the NFL then says, okay, we're going to suspend him like we did Trestle. Now, here's why this is important. The NFL has a free farm program when it comes to college football. Unlike the NBA and college basketball, that you know the, the rules are silly, the NFL has it perfect. You go ahead and keep those players for three years. You develop them. That way they don't have to. Look at the NBA. The NBA, you can't argue, is a horribly worse product than when guys had to stay in college longer. Because what happens is, is so many of these guys get picked on potential and fail. They get paid big money and sit on the end of the bench. It used to be the NBA was the elite of the elite, like football. Now there's times you see guys playing who have huge contracts that are terrible. Guys being able to just leave after one year has not made the NBA better. Now, you can point to the LeBron Jameses, who are unicorns, and say you're absolutely right. You know what? Shame on the NBA teams for drafting them. I think that's a good, fair point, too. But my point is, is the NFL has to protect its relationship with college football. They need college football more than college football needs them. And they are going to do everything to be at peace with the NCAA. They don't want any trouble with the NCAA. And I think that's something that needs to be considered. Now, I don't believe he did anything wrong until the NCAA proves it. But that's just something that needs to be considered. Mm -hmm. Great stuff. Hondo Carpenter, our guest here, SportsX Radio. 
Hondo, uh, you're feeling, you know, because we are in a betting town, and I'm not saying you're a betting man, but uh, we are in Las Vegas. I'm a betting man, and I'd say if I'm playing Hold'em, I'm putting three-quarters of my stack in that Antonio Pierce and Champ Kelly are the new duo as far as head coach and general manager. Would you feel safe with my bet? No. But I would tell you this. Mark Davis has a proven track record of doing things. For example, two coaches have taken him to the playoffs. He's fired them both. Mm-hmm. And so I, my concern is, I, first of all, I think he is a hundred times better businessman than his father was. But he's admitted he's not the football guy. And my concern would be who's in his ear. Is he going to make a gut decision and do what his dad would have done and hired Antonio Pierce? Or is he going to listen to a Tom Brady or listen to other people and, and try to follow the conventional wisdom of the NFL? I think, and this is purely my opinion, I, I think it's 50.5% for Antonio. I think it's 49% Harbaugh and, and uh, half a percent on Gruden. And what I would say is this to you. I There have been so many people, players and alumni, vocally telling Mark they want AP. I believe the Raiders, and by the way, I want to be held accountable. We'll talk about it in a minute. I predicted a win last week. I'm going to tell you why I think I was wrong, but I'm not going to run from it. I In four years of covering this team, I have never seen them more excited about a football game than I am coming up on Sunday, and this is with no playoff implications. They want to desperately make a statement for Antonio, and I expect them to win, and I expect with that environment and the people cheering for AP, with the players, with all of it, I think it's going to put so much pressure on Mark And I believe when it comes to football, because he's admitted he's not his dad and everything else, that I believe, and this is my personal opinion, I believe he is nervous about his football skills. And I think with so many people pushing him, it doesn't matter who's in his ear or who isn't. At some point, I think he says, all right, I'm going to give him the short deal. Let him prove it to me. But again, I would not be shocked if it's hardball, but I just, I, I just, it's going to be hard for me to believe because there's some things I know that I can't talk about right now. There are just people who have gone to him for Antonio and so much positive will that's been built up. I would be shocked if Mark turned his back on that. I would just be shocked. There you go. And, of course, uh, Brady playing his college ball at Michigan, so we know there's a tie there uh, with Jim Harbaugh. But, like you mentioned, the Chargers. And this week, and this week, Jim, and this week Jim Harbaugh hired Don Yee, who is one of the best agents in the NFL, and Tom Brady's agent also. And, remember, he didn't have an agent. And he's got a $125 million deal sitting on the table for Michigan, 12 years, $12.5 million. So he goes and hires an agent. And it's Tom Brady's agent. I think he's he's moving all in. I think he would love to be the Raiders coach. I know he wanted it the last time, and I believe he wants it right now. 
And if he takes the Raiders' job, though, there's a lot of pressure that comes with it, more so than if you take the Chargers' job. Because the Chargers' job, you know you got a good star young quarterback there. You can go there. Look, they're going to be so happy just because of what Staley has done the last several years that you're going to be pretty much in a win-win situation where if you come here and you do not deliver you know, immediately to me and you had Antonio Pierce with the team trending in the right direction, you're going to be scrutinized big time. Let me just tell you this one. Rich Versace didn't get the job. Josh McDaniels did not even last a year and a half. Didn't last. Jim Harbaugh is going to get a huge deal. It'll probably be a 10-year deal. And it's going to be a mammoth one. And one that he's already paying $10 million a year, $45 million to Josh McDaniels. He's already paying millions to John Gruden, millions to other people. This is going to be a situation where if Jim Harbaugh doesn't come in and win big quick, this fan base is going to turn on him. And then what's what's Mark Davis do? All of a sudden now you're sitting there with seven years left on a deal. You're sitting there with, with you know, what, what happens? Now, Jim Harbaugh will win. But the point is, will it be like a San Francisco where he grates on everybody? Or will it be like a, a you know, a San Francisco where he gets the three, you know, AFC championships but can't get over the hump and fans say, okay, this isn't good enough? I mean, there, there, there's going to come a point where it's Super Bowl or bust for whoever the next coach is if their name's not Antonio Pierce. And by the way, all the people in Mark's here talking about don't go with Antonio, are they willing to step up and write checks if Harbaugh doesn't work out? Because if they're not, Mark shouldn't be listening to him. You're exactly right, and there's a chance that you could lose two integral players that we talked about earlier in Max Crosby and Devontae Adams because they are, again, all for Antonio Pierce. Mm-hmm. 100% agree. There's no right. argument for me with you at all on that. There you go. He is Hondo Carpenter. We've got him for another eight, nine minutes after this break. We're going to get his breakdown Monday night, Michigan, Washington. He knows these teams inside out. I want to get his score. We'll do that when we come back. SportsX Radio 101.5 FMK Dawn, streaming live on that Odyssey app. We'll wrap things up on a Friday football fiasco right after these words. Ba, 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 Baran. Ba, 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 Baran. Yeah, little Beach Boys, baby, wrapping things up on a Friday football fiasco. KT, of course, my mother, her first name, Barbara, her middle name, Ann, but nice sister, Barbara Ann, Barbara Ann Wild, Zach Wild's wife. Those of you that know the rock and roll, my brother-in-law, a long time, lead guitar for Ozzy Osbourne, and, of course, Black Label Society's own band. He'll be uh, doing a little Zach Sabbath down here in uh, Arizona and on the West Coast, finishing up, just uh, finished up the Pantera reunion as well, playing lead guitar over there for Dimebag Daryl, his buddy, and... Uh, Good stuff. So a little Barb Rand to close things out. Hondo Carpenter with us. Purdue trying to close out Illinois. The Illini hanging in there. 51 seconds to go. It's an eight-point game, 81-73, and they're minus 10. So you may not get that Purdue money after all. Uh, we're going to close up now, talk a little college football and uh, NFL rapid fire. And uh, before I get to that finale as far as Monday's college football game, Hondo, just tell me, who wins the games? Pittsburgh, Baltimore. Would you take the Steelers with all those guys for Baltimore resting? 
No, I wouldn't. And I, I just still think that Baltimore is a team that's going to – I'm, I'm going to be surprised the way this is playing out if they're not in the Super Bowl. And, uh, you know, I just think even with all those guys resting, they're still super talented in Pittsburgh. I have friends that play for the Steelers and work in management of the Steelers. They are just so beat up. It looks like a mash unit. I would be shocked if, if Radar O'Reilly came out and played safety for them. I just think they're so beat up that I'm going to go with Baltimore. All right. What about Indy Houston? Got to see the Colts last week, C.J. Stroud and company. I mean, that's a big game. Could be money take all. It is for the Colts. Houston, it still needs some help. Indy Houston, who wins that one in Indianapolis? Yeah, I'm going to go with Houston just because they're at home. If it was in, if it was, I mean, I'm going to go with Indianapolis because they're at home. If it was in Houston, I would take Houston, but I'm going to ride with Indianapolis there. Two teams that you know very well, uh, both playing good, solid ball, especially on the offensive side of things. Green Bay at home, they need a win to get in the playoffs. Bears are playing good, solid ball, and I'm hoping Justin Fields gets a crack to be their starting quarterback, although sometimes you read stuff and it says he's not going to be that guy. Green Bay, Chicago, who wins at Lambeau? I think uh, I think the the Green Bay wins it. Jordan Love just really emerging, but I'm going to tell you, Justin Fields, that's a name. I, I I'm, I'll be stunned if the if the Bears move on from him. I'm going to be stunned. But if they do, that's a guy the Raiders need to take a really long look at. You can get him for two years at good money because he has a fourth year left and then a fifth year option. And if you don't have to give away. If you can get him for a second, you make that move and go get Justin Fields. I actually know him personally. What a terrific kid, wonderful kid. Uh, He has just been in such a bad place in Chicago. that his, His poor play has been a reflection of the organization, not a reflection on him. I agree. I think the kid's got a lot of upside, no question about it. Uh, And that is uh, a little bit of the things that are going to be going on as far as playoff implications. Buffalo-Miami last one, Sunday night football in Miami-Buffalo. If they lose, they may not even make the playoffs. It's that crazy, but they're playing well. Uh, But, you know, Miami, to me, if they have Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle both healthy, that's the question. They've never been on the field, really, at the same time because somebody's always banged up. Uh, but Miami needs to be clicking on all cylinders in, in order to outscore teams as they got buried by uh, a really good Baltimore team. And I agree with you, the way, the way the Ravens are playing and the focus from Lamar Jackson makes a lot of sense. But who wins in Miami Sunday night? Um, you know, I really think uh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ride with Buffalo on this one. They are a, Miami is a finesse team. Buffalo is a physical team. And physical teams don't respond well. I mean, the Raiders... Their defense was so good against Miami. Their offense just couldn't do anything, and and there were injuries and everything else. Buffalo's going to go in there and smack them in the face, and you see finesse teams, that's the way you beat them, is to hit them right smack on the end of the nose and make their their eyes water. And I think Buffalo's going to go in there and just beat them. All right, got two minutes left. Michigan, minus 4.5, 56.5. I'm a big fan of Washington. Kalen DeBoer got to meet him and uh, know him a little bit really like the way this team moves the ball around. And when they got Jalen McMillan back, that really opened things up even more so than earlier in the year because Adunze and Polk are good, but that three-headed monster is solid and Westover's a hell of a tight end. That all said, Michigan controls lines of scrimmage as they have throughout the years. I know they have Harbaugh. Uh, real quick, give me the winner on Monday night. Right now it's Michigan minus 4.5, 56.5. Give me a final score on that game Monday. Uh, I don't bet on games I cover. But I'm not against betting. It's just, I, to me, it's an ethical thing since I cover them. But, mm-hmm. So if I was betting on this game, and I'm going to probably be at it, I'm going to find out tomorrow to go cover it. 
But um, I would take Michigan and lay the point. Um, but here, let me just say this to you. I know so many people on both teams. Penix, super kid, just his problem is in his career, he can't stay healthy. Washington has a, a chance here like Villanova did when they upset Georgetown. And what I would say to you is is that in basketball, I know it's a different sport, but they mm-hmm. are going to go out and throw the ball. And if they can get rid of the ball before Michigan's pass rush, because Michigan's going to blitz from all different angles, if they're able to get the ball out quick, I think they absolutely have a puncher's chance. I think if they played this game ten times, Michigan wins eight of them. But all it has to be is one of the two. I think Michigan, if they, again, played eight times, seven of them they win by double digits just because they're so physical. And I think that, you know, I, so to me, I always play the odds when I make my predictions. And I, I think Michigan, I would lay the points and take Michigan. But a Washington uh, win here is, is, is not impossible. It's just a little bit improbable because when they have played the finesse physical teams, that's when they have had their weak points. And this is a physical team that's going to come after them. And I, I, that's to me where I think a weakness. Now, they've not played a lot of that. So if they do have that level of toughness, we just haven't seen it. So at this point in the season, I go on what I've seen. I've watched every game of both teams. I'm going to go with Michigan, and I lay the points. He's the best in the business. He is Hondo Carpenter. And we have been privy here at SportsX Radio to have him several weeks in a row. We hope to catch up with him again real soon. Hondo, hope you can make it to Houston on Monday night, but I hope the Raiders take care of business on Sunday. I'll be looking forward to that one at Allegiant Stadium. Always a pleasure having you, my man. Best to you, your wife, and Dexter, the main part of that other podcast that you do. You do two of them. You do them very well, but he's the backbone of the operation, no question about it. We will talk to you really soon. Have a great weekend. Folks, that'll do it for us. SportsX Radio, 101.5 FM, Dawn, streaming live on that Odyssey app. Archives up in about 45 minutes. You know the rules. No drinking and driving, no texting and driving. Most of all, God bless our troops. God bless you. Live from Vegas Sports X Radio, I'm Ken Thompson. Folks, I've enjoyed it. For Hondo Carpenter, for my good pal Mark Hoke, and for Coach Stigelmeyer, South Dakota State, I'm Ken Thompson. God bless, folks. Have an awesome weekend. We'll talk to you. Jose Volante in on Monday. KT back on Tuesday. Good night, everybody.